welcome to the Being a Whole Person podcast. I'm Rebecca Haas, a pianist, composer, and creative wellness coach, and my job is to help you self-compassionately grow your creative practice from a supportive foundation of wellness. This podcast features honest conversations, resources, inspiration, and tangible tips to help you cultivate more balance and ease in your work and life, follow through on your goals without constant hustle, and also feel like a whole person in the process. I'm so glad you're here. Hey everyone, welcome to season three, episode three of Being a Whole Person. This is another solo episode today. I hope you're all doing well, or as well as possible. I know things are still feeling quite crazy here in the U.S., and I don't know what else to say about that that hasn't been said, but today I'm going to talk about what my relationship with creativity has been in this year, 2020, and There are a lot of words I could describe 2020 with. I don't think there's a simple uh, sum it up with one word. I'm just going to say abnormal. This has been a very abnormal year. And that also might mean that you have an abnormal relationship with your creativity. I know I have this year for sure. I just looked back at some of the creative wellness letters I wrote in March. Those are the emails I send out every week. And... I wrote a lot about creativity being important back then, but also that we need to cut ourselves some slack if we haven't been up to our usual creative activities. And I know there's a wide variety of usual creative activities. It might be your job. It might be part of your job, might be a side project, might be a hobby. And of course, creativity is so much more than just your artistic discipline. And I'll get more into that later, but... A lot has changed since March, of course, but a lot hasn't. In the U.S., in mid-August, we're very much still in it. Um, I don't know when things are going to change. We're all kind of feeling like we're stuck in the middle of this unprecedented experience, and we can't control it. So if we're having a lot of feelings right now, that totally makes sense. It is complicated. It can be a huge struggle to make time for your creative practice under normal circumstances, but especially now as our lives might be in various states of upheaval, it's going to be also a struggle. So I don't mean to paint that as a, oh man, everything's a struggle and everything is terrible. I have some solutions for you, especially this is going to be a two-part episode and then two weeks from today. I'll have an episode about how you can strengthen your relationship with creativity with more action-based stuff. So I'm sharing what my experience has been so far this year. And I know that it will continue to go through waves and ups and downs. There are always waves. Things are not what I expected this year or what I hoped for, but I think I'm generally okay with it given the crazy circumstances we find ourselves in. So why am I, as a coach who helps people get unstuck and reconnect with creativity, telling you that I have struggled this year? That doesn't sound very good on the outside. Well, I value keeping it real. I have to share in case you can see yourself in my story and it's helpful. And the truth is that we all go through ups and downs. Even people who specialize in helping other people with something, we're all imperfect humans. We're all going through a really tough situation right now. And that's normal. 
now is also a time when taking care of yourself is so important in whatever way that looks like. And creativity may or may not always play into that. And I want to model that as best as I can too. So if creativity is no longer your urgent priority, it's okay to reevaluate your relationship with it. It's okay to look for clarity. And this is a time when we might be really reevaluating things. I'll get more into that in future episodes too. So for a little context, if you're new to this podcast, my main medium is music. I'm a pianist and composer. I specialize in Brazilian music, but I play lots of different styles. And how many notes have I written in 2020? 10. 10 notes. Not 10 lines or 10 chords, 10, 10 individual notes. And that is something that could make me feel really bad about myself, but I'm actually feeling pretty okay with it. I'll get more into that later too. But first, I'm just going to tell you how the year started for me. I started feeling really inspired, actually. I spent the holidays in Minnesota, where I'm from, with my family, and took a week off from opening my laptop at all. I brought it with me, but I barely even used it. It was so refreshing to do that because I don't know when else that happens. And my focus in January was really on creating related to my coaching business more than music. I did a workshop on setting sustainable goals and I traveled to New York City to give a presentation on holistic habits and self-care for musicians as part of the Chamber of Music America conference. Both were really cool experiences, but both were demanding of most of my focus during that time. And then when I got back, I immediately launched into rehearsals for Opera on Tap, which is an organization that makes opera fun, basically. I had been accompanying for the Opera on Tap San Francisco chapter. They did a double production in, I should say we did, a double production at the beginning of March. And that took most of my time and energy for the bulk of February. And of course, I got sick and had this terrible cold that lasted for like three weeks. So I didn't have a lot of energy for much besides my regular work as an accompanist and coaching clients and like all the basic stuff that I usually do. I didn't have a lot of energy to create beyond that. And as soon as that all ended, uh, Monday, March 9th, I was like, all right, now is my time. I'm going to refocus on my own music and I'm going to focus on finding gigs in my newish home here in the Bay Area. And you know where this is going because you know what happened that week everything shut down and I had to reevaluate that goal. Of course, after coronavirus hit, I really felt a sense of refuge and comfort from playing music. It felt like a really good coping strategy for me, but I didn't feel like I wanted to push myself to do much beyond play things that were already known and comfortable and also improvise on things that I already knew, but pushing myself to learn new music or pushing myself to write just didn't feel like something I had the energy for. I didn't really have any juice for going beyond my comfort zone, which I think is totally normal when you're in a stressful situation. I was basically in low power mode. 
Honestly, early in Shelter in Place, I spent every evening playing Zelda Breath of the Wild, which is a really fun game on Nintendo Switch. It was the perfect amount of stimulation for my brain at that time. And I realize it might sound a little funny for a creative coach to be like, yep, video games, that's my coping strategy. But it was, it is, it continues to be sometimes, and that's fine. It's totally fine. We crave comfort during stressful and traumatic situations, and our creative identities are very wrapped up in that too. So during that time, I did a few online concerts, which were really fun and uplifting for me and people that watch. They were all Brazilian music, and that's a very mood-boosting type of music. But overall, I was still feeling pretty detached from my musical creativity. I have been engaging in creative activity of some type the whole time, because as I said before, there's so many different types of creativity. I think that we're all creative, whether we realize it or not. And you might be using creativity in ways that you don't even realize you're using it. For me, during early spring, it looked like creating solutions for coaching clients, creating new resources, redoing my coaching website homepage, and really just using my creativity to figure out what was going on. What was, what was I going to do? What would my work look like going forward? How are things changing? Adapting to change takes a huge amount of creativity. And that might deplete from your reserves that you might have been using for, say, composing in my case. So if creativity doesn't look the way you expect it to, that's okay. I was feeling inspired to improvise a lot, but I was not inspired to compose and write anything down and like commit it to paper, which maybe that says something interesting that I should look into too. So I just want to say a quick note about inspiration because I wasn't feeling the inspiration, but I don't think that waiting for inspiration is a great creative strategy usually. There's this quote by the artist Chuck Close that I reference a lot. Inspiration is for amateurs. The rest of us just show up and get to work. If you wait around for the clouds to part and a bolt of lightning to strike you in the brain, you are not going to make an awful lot of work. So I like that quote because waiting around for inspiration is not usually a good strategy for maintaining and nurturing your creative practice. But I also think that this quote could inspire some pressure and shame by saying, ooh, amateurs. And during a traumatic situation, like a pandemic, or really during any situation, I don't want you to shame yourself in any way and use that as motivation. That doesn't feel good. I'm all for giving yourself more grace, trusting your intuition about how much is really okay for you to do. Because you know yourself, you know what you need. And if you don't know what you need, it just might take some more tuning into that. And in that episode in a couple of weeks with strategies, I'm going to talk a lot more about this too. So I was saying my creativity really felt dormant at first. It's still feeling kind of dormant, honestly, as far as composing. Like I said, 10 notes this year, I still haven't written anymore, but showing up regularly is something I help clients with. So consistency definitely helps you make more work that's fulfilling, but if burnout is where you're coming from, and many of my clients are coming from that place of burnout, plowing full speed ahead isn't always the best option. 
and pressuring yourself into doing something consistently might create more stress. So I really chose to lower my expectations about time spent at the piano because I really felt that requiring myself to keep a daily practice would cause more pressure and stress. But I kept asking myself whether that was still the case. I kept checking in with that to see if that changed. I know what it's like to push myself beyond my limits. I'm very familiar with that. I've learned the hard way so many times and gone through burnout. And I've had a chance to practice responding to my expectations. And I've become really familiar with how I react to these situations. So maybe it's easier for me to relax expectations now than it used to be, but it's still practice. I know for some people that structure of showing up every day to practice or create in any, whatever you decide the parameters are for yourself, that might've been great. There's a thing called Choro no Janela, which means uh, like Choro is a Brazilian style and it means at the window. And a musician in Brazil started this practice of every day at 6 p.m. Rio time, people would play a certain Choro. And she had a list and a bunch of my Brazilian music friends were doing that every single day. And that felt like a really nice anchoring ritual for them. I chose not to keep up with that daily because it really felt like too much to me. I would just kind of join in on the ones that I enjoyed or wanted to learn. So I don't want to discourage you from creating structure in your creativity, even during this time, because that might be really nurturing for you and has been for me at some points too. I was hearing a lot of messages early in Shelter in Place that you have all this time. Now's the time to finally write your novel. And, you know... That's a lot of pressure. The pressure to make the most of quarantine. I got really frustrated by that because free time doesn't mean free energy. It's a lot of energy to process this whole situation. And that's even assuming that you had more free time because I know lots of people didn't, especially those of you with kids who are trying to balance their learning with your own work and suddenly have everyone at home. So the free time thing might not even apply. I know some of you might have felt really motivated during this time and found it actually kind of comforting to throw yourself into work. And I think that's fine too, as long as you feel like it's nourishing. But if work is taking over and causing you to ignore the other things you need in your life and keeping you from really feeling and processing your feelings, then of course, maybe there's a line to draw there. But again, I know you know yourself. And you know what is best. And for me, sometimes staying busy is a manifestation of anxiety. It can be a way to make me feel like I'm in control. And to some degree, that's good. But again, there's there's degrees. We saw a lot of cool expressions of people's creativity in so many different ways during those first few weeks when everyone was feeling inspired to do what they could from home. But of course, we thought it would be more temporary and it wasn't sustainable to keep up some of the things that people started doing. But I saw in myself and heard from other people that they were really missing that connection to creativity if it had felt hard to access. So what do we do when our creative expectations are lowered all the way to zero, but we really miss that nourishment that we get from creating? 
that sort of, my soul is itchy and longing for that. I personally just wanted to invite my creativity out with activities that were short or easy or had low expectations because I didn't want to invite any opportunity to beat myself up or just put too much pressure on myself. So I really just wanted to do creative things that felt good because when the world doesn't feel good, you need things to make you feel good. So I created this Feel Good Creativity Unchallenged, and I ran that as a live event in April. And if you missed it, it's now a free five-day email series. So you can definitely still do it. It's on my website, and I'll link to it in the show notes. I really think that during a time of upheaval, that it's so important to be doing creativity, to be doing creative activities that make you feel good. And I know not everything can make you feel good all the time. I'm not aiming for like only things that feel good are good to do because yeah, we're not going to feel good all the time, but I think we need to get that where we can. And maybe you want to veer off from your usual medium. Maybe you're finding creativity in cooking or baking or rearranging things at your house because you're spending a lot of time there. It might seem random, but I think anything that replenishes your energy and maybe gives your brain a little bit to chew on is more important than it ever has been. So in the Feel Good Creativity Unchallenge, you get five daily emails and each one has a creativity prompt that's like extremely small, bite-sized, really, really ridiculously easy to do. Uh, And then it's paired with a wellness or mindset prompt because soothing your nervous system is a really important thing to do to put yourself in the right place for creating. It's important to make yourself feel safe. And I'll talk a lot more about that in the next episodes too. For some of us, feeling good and moving towards activities that feel good is very natural. But for those of us who were raised with this idea that a work ethic was the most important thing or that you had to justify what you're spending time on by what product you would get from it. It can be harder to access that feel-good creativity. So I really wanted to create something that would make it easier for you. It is not frivolous to feel good. Creative work doesn't have to be hard work to be valid, nor does any kind of work. It doesn't have to feel like hard work. And I think however you can access your creativity right now is a win. So with that in mind, I also started a 100-day project. If you're not familiar with the 100-day project, it's a global art project that runs from like early mid-April to mid-July. And you create a hashtag for your project and you post it each day. And you can know that you're doing this project alongside thousands of other people around the world, which I think is really cool. I did one back in 2017. I did eight measures of composing each day. And that could be eight measures of anything. That was my only parameter. Just I had to show up and write eight measures each day. And it was such a cool thing. It yielded a lot of the music for my album that I recorded in 2018. And that daily habit was amazing because 
eight measures doesn't sound like a lot, but it really did add up to a lot at the end of it. And I liked it so much that I actually did another one at the end of 2017 on my own. So that was so cool that I thought about doing that again this year. I really felt like it was more of a should, like, oh, I should do that. And I didn't really feel good about it. I thought it might be too much pressure to force myself to compose eight measures a day after just the tenderness that I had been feeling all year so far, or all pandemic so far, I should say. So I decided to do something totally different. I wanted it to be fun and no pressure. So what I did was a doodle a day. My little hashtag was RH doodle a day, RH for my initials. And I would just make a doodle in this small notebook that I had. And I posted it. I made an Instagram with the name RH doodle a day. And it was really fun, but it didn't turn out like I expected. And I'm going to stop it right here for this week's episode because this is a two-parter. I'll tell you more about the project next week, next week's episode, but I hope that this look into what my year has been like, or the first few months of the year has been helpful. If you've seen yourself in it, let me know. If you have struggles with creativity right now, you're absolutely not alone, or are you ever alone if this happens, pandemic or not, but I guess that's my main thing with this episode is I I want you to know that everyone struggles. You're not in it alone and keep showing up, keep trying, keep reflecting. And if you need support in that, I'm here for you. You can definitely sign up for an eliminate the overwhelm call with me to talk about overwhelm and burnout, being stuck in your creativity, anything that you need to work through. That's a free call, free half hour call. I'll put links to that in the show notes too. And I'd love to connect with you and help you talk through it. So I hope everyone has a great week this week. And I will see you here next week for part two. Thanks so much for listening to Being a Whole Person. The music you're hearing right now was written and performed by me, supported by Tim O'Keefe on percussion. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love it if you shared with a friend subscribed, or left a rating and review, which will help more people find the show. You can find show notes at coachingforcreativewellness.com slash podcast. See you next time and be kind to yourself.